going to wrap up this series entitled Greatness. And I hope that it's been an incredible journey for you over the last three weeks. This will make week number three as we've been looking at what makes a person great. Our culture says what makes a person great is through accomplishments or how big your portfolio is, uh, uh, maybe the, the, the letters after your name on, on, on your business card, what have you. But, but in Jesus's economy, he turns this idea of greatness upside down. He inverts it, does he not? In fact, remember the passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 20, Jesus says, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must first be your servant. Wow. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. It just messes up our modern day idea of what makes a person great. We've been talking about over the last few weeks that truly being great in, in Jesus' economy comes when we serve, when we give ourselves away for the betterment of other people people. Jesus taught us that. He modeled it for us. It wasn't just some, some easy slogan to preach during a sermon, but he actually modeled that. In fact, you know that that's what he was. Jesus was known as the suffering servant. Scriptures declare for the son of man came not to be served, but But to serve, if you want to be like Jesus, we've been talking about this the last few weeks. If you want to be like Jesus, serve somebody. Amen. Greatness. Greatness is found when we give ourselves away for the betterment of others. In fact, that was the question I posed to you last week is how can you use your greatness in order to make someone else great? Great. You know, we all have that innate desire to be great. In fact, there, there is something that, that research has, has proven that re, it is actually good for you to perform an act of kindness or generosity towards someone. Scientists call this, psychologists call this a helper's high. There is something that takes place within the brain whenever you serve and and perform an act of kindness or generosity towards someone that actually makes you, check this out, healthier. So you need to know something today. Preacher man is about to share something with you that's gonna make you healthy. Some of y'all put on the Rona 15 or 19, whatever you wanna call it. Some of you, it's Rona 27. I get it, but, but, but today, can we just... Listen, scientists have proven that, that when we serve, that our brain fires off some things, this, this helpers high, it actually makes us feel good and feels better. It's, it's a mental high, but it actually is mental, it's good mental health for us. Scientists have proven that, that this, this natural high is designed to, to motivate us to continue to do good things. And when this natural high is taking place within my, my brain, it actually affects my entire body. In fact, here's what happens. You, you, you begin to produce some, some things, some, I think they're called antibodies. I can't remember. I didn't do so well in school. I just, you know, I, but I, I think in my research, anti, and, and antibodies help us in so many ways. When you serve, check this out, it actually lowers your stress levels. Ser- serving should lower your stress levels. And, and so it's, it's not just a benefit for my, 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 my mental capacity, but it affects me physically. The, 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 the more antibodies I have, well, that helps me fight diseases such as colds and flus and maybe even other viruses that might be around. I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but, but it just does a body good. 
So what I want you to see today is this. We're healthy whenever we begin to consider the needs of others around us and actually step into those moments and serve them. It increases your lifespan to serve somebody. That's just what research says. You know, we have all these opportunities around us each and every day to, to, to just better people around us. You've had opportunities this week. I, I think that one of the things that our culture is in dire need of right now more than ever before are people that will be, be willing to humble themselves. Remember, that was the secret sauce of serving as well that Jesus says, to humble yourself, right? You know, how about that Chick-fil-A sermon last week? Anybody? Awesome, man. I think I put on 15 just from that one sermon last Sunday. But, but our culture needs people that will be willing to humble themselves and begin to serve. People that when I say, this is my right and this is what, it's about me, me, no, no. It's, it's, it's about how can we serve and make those around us better. And it's not only just to make a difference in our culture in which we live in right now, guys, but I want to tell you something. Whenever we serve and meet the needs, when we perform these acts of generosity and kindness, I, I can't help but think that heaven applauds. I cannot help but think that the kingdom of God is advanced when you and I lower ourselves and begin to serve. Hey, forget just the natural phenomenon that takes place in your brain and in your body. Hey, I can't help but think that when we humble ourselves and meet a need around us, I can't help but think God says, ah, yeah, that's my boy. That's my girl right there. Look what they're doing. You've heard me say things over the last couple of weeks. That if you ever want to be more like Jesus, then serve somebody. Yeah. You want to be considered great in the kingdom. Jesus sharing with his disciples here in Matthew chapter 20 says, listen, if you want to be great, serve. Follow my example. And listen, all of you have got something to contribute to our culture and our world. You know that, right? Listen, there's some uber talented and gifted people in this room. You've got some skill sets and, and, and abilities that, that need to be unleashed to help people around you. But I want to tell you something else. Not, not only does every human, I believe, possess something that can help other human beings, but for those of you that have said yes to Jesus and believe in him and are a Christ follower, listen, there is something planted within you that is a spiritual gift. That also is at your disposal to be used. Not for your glory, not so that you can be puffed up and say, look at me, look what I, no, no. But it's to advance the kingdom of God. In fact, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse, verse 10, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And so today I wanna challenge you to answer that internal drive within you for greatness, begin to pursue God's design and will for your life. Serve someone. Look for ways that you can make a difference in the world around us. And I'm telling you, there are many opportunities to do so right now. Would you agree with me? Come on, 10, 10 o'clock, let's talk back. There's so many opportunities for us to make a difference in the present, 
But I also believe that as we serve, we're putting Christ on display and it's going to make an eternal difference as well. You know, in, in, in Matthew chapter 11, uh, the disciples come to Jesus and they're asking about who's the greatest. And you remember that, that quote we started with a couple of weeks ago, Muhammad Ali says, I am the greatest. You know, that, that fight before Sonny Liston, you know, he'll make me look great when he falls in eight. You know, he talked about knocking him out in eight rounds and what have you. Listen. In Matthew chapter 11, the disciples say, who's greatest? And we know Jesus in Matthew chapter 11, not signals somebody out. He calls someone out. He calls out John the Baptist. John the Baptist knew who Jesus was. John the Baptist was greater than all the Old Testament prophets. He was the actual, he got to herald in the Messiah. The Old Testament prophets spoke of Jesus coming, but John the Baptist actually knew him. John the Baptist actually physically got to touch him. John the Baptist is the one that baptized Jesus. Hey, no pressure there, right? Wow. And when the disciples say, who's the greatest? Who's the greatest and blah, 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 and all this stuff, Jesus signals him out. But then look, I find this verse interesting in Matthew eleven eleven 11, because as great as John the Baptist is, listen to what Jesus says. He says, I tell you the truth of all who've ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. John the Baptist had a privilege that the Old Testament prophets didn't. He was able to see and touch Jesus. But you and I have a privilege that John the Baptist never had. You see, we know how the story ends. John the Baptist lost his life before Jesus went to the cross and died. So he just had a kind of a, 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 a semi-view of the glory in what Jesus was capable of. But because we've beheld Jesus' death on the cross, we know that he's risen from the grave. You and I have an advantage. He says, listen, the greater ones are going to be those that come after John. Who, who know how the story ends and how they let that catapult them in their service in the kingdom of God. Wow, church, we've seen Jesus's work. It's time to unleash that on our world. Come on, I do not know. Pastor West, I just do not know how anybody that has truly received Jesus and been transformed by salvation and restoration and the redemption work of the cross, I do not know how they can hide it under a bush and not let it out. Y'all remember that song. Kate, you're not gonna make me sing that song, are you, today? This little light of mine, you know, hide it under a bush. Come on, you said, oh no! It's time for us to unleash the redemptive work, the salvation restoration of Jesus on our world. There's this natural help that we have within us when we serve. But I'm going to take it a step further today. Are you sitting down for this? Those of you at home, you paying attention right now. Not only is there a natural helper for us to unleash Jesus on our world, but there is a spiritual helper as well. As well. Today's Pentecost Sunday. The Jewish people are celebrating Shavuot. It's one of the three feasts. There's Passover, there's Sukkot, and there's Shavuot. 50 days after Passover, Shavuot. We call it Pentecost. Pentecost is a Greek word meaning the 50th, 50th day, May 31st, 50 days after. The Jewish people have been gathering and celebrating, and the Shavuot was symbolic of them bringing the first fruits and remembering God's goodness. 
contemporary settings today, they, they also remember the giving of the Torah, the, 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 the law to, to Moses and, and the people of Israel. Pentecost. Pentecost for us as Christians, as believers in Jesus is, is not about bringing our first fruits. None of you walked in today with the first head of lettuce out of your garden or the first vine of tomatoes or the first wheat that they would bring is in, the, in biblical days, right? But Pentecost for us is kind of like first fruits. Pentecost to us means the coming of the Holy Spirit. And I don't believe that it's coincidence that we celebrate Pentecost today as the church and we celebrate it as the birthday of this thing called the church. Just as the Jewish people would bring their first fruits for Shavuot. Oh, what happened at Pentecost? Those 120 became the first fruits of an unleashing and a new trajectory that those believers would be set upon when the Holy Spirit came upon them that day. Can I read some Bible to you? You're not afraid of scripture, are you? Let me read to you what the word of the Lord says beginning in Acts chapter two. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were together in one place, 120 of them. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. And then... What looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Pentecost. Significant for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's fulfillment of a promise. Remember, we looked at that weeks ago. Do y'all remember when we used to be able to meet and we talked about the Holy Spirit? Was that, I don't even remember if it was face to face. It might've been through technology, but when Jesus promised, I would send a helper. Oh, that through which his power at work within you, you will accomplish even greater things. Guys, do you realize that the moment that we say yes to Jesus, this helper, this spiritual helper is planted within us. And those same things that we read about Jesus and his disciples doing, we now, there's potential through the power at work within us to bring heaven to earth and to see it happen. Just as we read about in stories of old, we don't do it, but the spirit does it. He does it. The Spirit transforms people. He changes people. So so this day, Pentecost, Shavuot's a big deal because the promise is fulfilled. Remember what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8? He told those disciples, you will receive this power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus saying, when this power comes, you're going to do even greater things. Their ministry had basically been limited to that Sea of Galilee region up to this point. But when the Spirit fell in Acts 2, the promise fulfilled, it unleashes the church on a new trajectory. In fact, when was the church created? I believe it happened at Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, the birthday of the church. 120 are filled with the Spirit. Now listen, they were already believers in Jesus Christ. Those disciples had already been ministering and preaching and teaching in his name. This 120 of them would have already been taken to heaven if Acts chapter 2 had not happened. If we would have ended in Matthew 28, they would have been in heaven. But there's something that took place in Acts 2 though. 
that set these believers, already followers of Jesus, were they not? Oh, guys, it launched them to a whole nother level. They were not the same. That's why I'm preaching this message today on Pentecost Sunday. Because I believe what our world needs now more than ever before is a church that will never be the same. Come on, somebody. We need the Pentecostal power. We need a new trajectory of this thing called the church, the body of Christ. We need to be launched with a greater passion, excitement, more courage than ever before. Are you with me today? Whew. You know, when the Holy Spirit comes into a person's life, he begins to transform us. We oftentimes refer to that. He, he desires for us to become holy as he is holy. This idea of holiness talks about a transform, transformative work that takes place in the life of a believer. But I would just challenge us today about the work of the Holy Spirit with us. It's not just to transform us, but we've been transformed so that we in turn can go and be a part of transforming the world around us. See, holiness causes us to think missionally about the world. That word missionally means I begin to think outside my bubble. I begin to think of others, not just myself. I begin to think of my family, outside of my family, outside my home. I begin to think about my church, but even outside this world, I begin to think about every man and woman in the world. And by the way, every man and woman in the world are precious to God. He cares about everyone. Do you remember that Jesus loves the little children all the children of the world, red, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in his sight. Come on. And Jesus is looking for us as the church to never be the same and to think missionally and how we can put Christ on display in the world around us. And so that's my prayer for us today is how will we let this spiritual high that took place at Pentecost when the church was birthed, how will we let that affect us and what trajectory will that launch us on? As the band comes back up here and begins to play, I wanna pray over you today because I believe that this is a pivotal time in our nation. In fact, I wanna invite you to stand right now as I pray over you right now. And Lord, here's my prayer. I'm praying for Pentecostal power to take over us today. God, a natural high is good. This natural phenomenon that takes place, a helper's high is great and we are better. Our lives are, are, are bettered as a result of our serving. It's great, I get that. But God, the spiritual high is what our nation needs today. This spiritual helper. Holy Spirit, would you blow and unleash yourself on us? Would you set us on a new trajectory, a new plane? Will we run harder with the gospel than ever before? Will we serve to greater levels than ever before? Not for our glory, but for yours alone. Jesus, use us. We want to be alive in you, Lord. Set us ablaze. Send us out in the power of the Holy Spirit.